Chapter twenty six of A Soldier's Letters to Charming Nelly. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Asterix. A Soldier's Letters to Charming Nelly by J. B. Polly. Chapter twenty six luxuriating in feasts and feather beds Botetot county virginia december the twentieth eighteen sixty four is it a dream or have i really been a soldier for the last four years is a question i frequently ask myself nowadays for here in this old virginia country home of genuine kindness and hospitality where i take my place three times a day at a bountifully provided table sleep on a feather bed between clean white sheets hear the chatter and laughter of little children and may when i choose listen to the low sweet voices of refined and cultured women or to the music evoked by skilful fingers from a melodious piano there is little to remind me of the cruel war except a pair of crutches my missing limb and the empty sleeve of my genial host captain john j allen the crutches are out of mind as soon as out of sight my wound has healed nicely and gives no pain the captain is post quartermaster at buchanan and always there during the day and so whether talking with the ladies in parlour or library or he taking snuff and i smoking a long-stemmed pipe sitting with judge allen of the court of appeals of the state in his cosy little law office in the yard and thinking lazily of a future that is always to be happy i can easily too easily perhaps forget my comrades of brigade regiment and even company who are struggling and suffering in the cause of the south it is the most selfish of selfishness but i cannot help it this peace and plenty rest and content are too pleasant and soothing to mind and body to be disturbed by thoughts of either my own past or the hardships of my dearest friends trust no future however pleasant let the dead past bury its dead act act in the living present heart within and god o'erhead may have been when written good advice to the civilians of that day but is not applicable in its entirety to a fellow in my situation let the dead past bury its dead is doctrine to which i willingly submit but i must trust the future for in it lie all my hopes and ambitions as for acting in the living present that is so diametrically opposed both to bodily condition and to feelings that i absolutely refuse to obey the injunction i want and i need repose and nowhere can i find it in such perfection as among these kind and thoughtful friends here in the mountains of virginia i speak of home so seldom that young mrs allen expressed surprise the other day at my apparent apathy why miss lizzie said i addressing her by the name i used to call her when as a callow youth two years her junior and she a young lady out in society i claimed her as a sweetheart 
i am so sure of going home that i am just luxuriating in the first feeling of certainty permitted me since june eighteen sixty one that statement is not very complimentary to your sweetheart said she don't you want to see her the question placed me fairly on the horns of a dilemma the one natural gallantry the other regard for truth to add to my embarrassment miss eva the captain's sister entered the room in time to hear the question but not the prelude to it and she also insisted on an answer i hemmed and i hawed tried the efficacy of a joke i have never known to fail and went off at a tangent on half a dozen other subjects but all in vain the ladies held me relentlessly to the inquisitorial rank and in self-defence and to escape a lie i had to reply no not a bit more than to see my mother and sisters she is as much a certainty as they maybe not mischievously remarked miss eva ladies change their minds sometimes my sweetheart is not of that sort i proudly replied don't you think i am right whether because of previous long fasting or the keen invigorating air of these mountains my appetite has become a veritable tyrant so insatiate in its demands as almost to ignore the law of physics that no two bodies can occupy the same space at the same time in camp my grievance was not getting enough to eat here it is inability to eat enough of the plenty i get either to satisfy the cravings of the corporeal system or the hospitable solicitude of entertainers as the last forkful of meat on my plate starts to reinforce its predecessors the judge lifts another slice of ham corned beef or turkey from the dish and if not warned to desist lays it silently before me the other folks at the table are equally attentive just before i left richmond to come up here the veteran came to see me and as he had been considerate enough to bring his rations along i could afford to ask him to dinner ravenous as was my appetite the provender furnished by the hospital was barely sufficient for one grown man let alone two we had a jolly day of it for he brought both the latest news and the latest jokes from camp one of the jokes was on jim cosgrove who helped me off the field on the day i was wounded cosgrove is fond of fun and excitement plays a practical joke on a comrade whenever he can and is always making himself heard one day when rations were slenderest and he hungriest he said to his messmate i would eat anything in the world snails frogs grasshoppers dogs rats anything but cats i draw the line at those cussed sharp-clawed treacherous creatures i helped eat a cat once remarked babe reminiscently with a far-off look in his hungry eyes and it was good too and i shouldn't object to the leg of one right now but i would protested cosgrove just remember that please and if you ever have cat for breakfast dinner or supper count me among the missing why i'd i'd eat a buzzard sooner than a cat any day babe made no reply but a bright idea struck him cosgrove would be on picket that night and when he came back next day was sure to be too famished to be inquisitive and he might be taught that cat was not 
bad eating after all his antipathy to it luckily for babe's plans an old bachelor citizen lived near camp whose most cherished pet was a half-grown fat and sleek pussy that was in the habit of taking a nightly stroll through the camp that night babe lay in wait for it and next morning its remains swung from the rafters of its captor's little cabin and later in the day became the principal ingredient of a rabbit pie so called in deference to cosgrove the intended joke would be too good for one man besides babe didn't care to be alone with cosgrove when the truth was revealed to him and so he invited a friend to dine with them what have you got in the skillet to-day old man asked cosgrove when released from duty and standing before the mess fire he caught a whiff of savoury odours the fattest little cotton-tail rabbit you ever saw responded babe with a childlike smile it smells good anyhow remarked cosgrove approvingly isn't it most done yes answered his messmate get off your traps and take a fair start with us soon the three were seated around the skillet busily consuming its contents umph grunted cosgrove as he closed his teeth on a juicy morsel if this isn't good enough eating for general lee where'd you get it babe out of a hollow stump answered his comrade with his mouth almost too full for utterance the skillet was soon sopped clean enough to bake a cake in then with his feet high up on the jam of the fireplace jim folded his hands across his corporosity and said in his mellowest tone lord 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 how good that mess was and how peaceful i feel why babe a five-year-old child could play with me now and i could be amiable even to a yankee babe looked at jim a moment took his stand in the doorway and discovering that retreat was possible remarked i thought you didn't like cat jim cat shouted that suddenly surprised gentleman cat is it a cat i've been eating of course it is said the guest and it's powerful good eating too cosgrove turned pale as a ghost and endeavoured to get rid of the portion of the animal he had appropriated but in vain his digestion had not been worked to its limit for a long time and it clung successfully to its prey then he got mad but babe metcalf was out of sight and hearing and the guest could not be held responsible for any deception and so poor cosgrove had to stomach both the cat and the joke but said the veteran you'd better not say cat to him when you meet he has already thrashed one fellow within an inch of his life for just mewing like one as you will perceive i have made a change in my quarters since indicting the foregoing dry kindred the captain of my company had the good fortune while i was at charlotte to persuade a very handsome lady into double harness with him whose father a wealthy baltimorean has an elegant home at this place and insists on keeping his daughter with him until the war is over wounded the same day i was the captain got out of the hospital as soon as he could and flew on the wings of love up here to be nursed and petted by his wife noting how kindly and unwearyingly she does it and how the captain seems to enjoy it 
i feel like kicking myself for not being a benedict myself i might get a course of the same medicine while i do not feel as much at home here as i did at judge allen's young mrs allen being so nearly kinfolks to me i get along tolerably well considering the genuine virginia girl delights in being a sister to every wounded southern soldier lucky enough to get within her reach and as there are three of them here who have got beyond short dresses i get more sistering than somebody in texas might behold with equanimity all of them are refugees from the lower shenandoah valley miss laura k is a beautiful girl whose black curls hang below her waist but as she is mourning the fall of the cavalryman to whom she was engaged she is not as sisterly to me as her sister ida and her cousin sally sowers neither of these over eighteen and both high-spirited frolicsome and most pleasantly compassionate it would amuse you to hear them quarrelling over which one of them shall sit next to me on the sofa and do the most for me to balance the sofa problem equitably i usually crowd myself in between them and extend my arms along the back of the seat they never let me use my crushes at all in the house they wear out the carpet they say and so i do all my moving about inside doors between the girls an arm around the neck of each it is certainly a pleasanter method of locomotion than hobbling around on a pair of inanimate sticks when i showed them somebody's picture and warned them i was preempted, which i did i assure you the day after i got here they said they were glad of it that they had been actually pining for a fellow in my fix on whom to expend their surplus sweetness without risk of being flirted with talking over some of the incidents of our long stay at the phillips house captain kindred explained the cause of an alarm down there for which i never could account in order to be near her husband a field officer in the brigade mrs Blank, a six-month's bride was staying at the house of a bachelor uncle of hers half a mile in rear of our regiment that day the twentieth of september she took a notion about ten o'clock a m to have a swim in an immense bathtub on the place the darkies filled it nearly full of water from a spring that is icy even in the heat of summer not dreaming how cold it was but longing for instant refreshment the lady no sooner got rid of every garment that a wetting would endanger than she tumbled broadcast into the tub with an abandon that submerged her head foot and corpus the corpus weighing fully a hundred and sixty pounds and being as plump as a partridge rising to the surface she gave vent to the emotions of her shivering anatomy by a scream that reached our camp and made such a hasty ill-considered effort to climb out of the tub that it tilted completely over and not only submerged her again but caught her lower limbs beneath it then of course she screamed again and again such a yelling you never heard especially as it was immediately joined in by the lady's maid and a negro man who thought the yankees had come the moment it was heard at camp there was a hurrying to and fro a grabbing at guns haversacks and canteens and the regiment was almost in line and ready to rush to the rescue when the news came 
that the whole rumpus was caused by a lady finding the water in a bath-tub too cold for her to stay in this letter i reckon will close my correspondence with you from virginia of course we may write to each other many times hereafter but a part of the charm and romance to me will be gone never having seen you and a description of your personality as persistently denied me as a picture of yourself i have had to depend on imagination entirely and have often wondered whether your eyes are black or blue your hair red or brown your nose roman straight or with a heavenward tilt your hand and foot small or large and whether you are short or tall angular or plump fleshy or bony that you are graceful in every movement good-natured and with ample variety of mood and manner to make you as charming and fascinating as your letters have always been to me i am sure but once we have met i will have no more fun guessing how you look besides when i leave virginia i will leave behind me all the exciting and amusing incidents of the camp and the march the skirmish and the battle that have furnished me subjects End of chapter 26